Welcome to the Freedom Slay Podcast, where entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs, and other passionate peeps come to fast track their success. If you're trying to make boss moves, hit that subscribe button because you don't want to miss out on any of the goods. Because every week you're going to hear the behind the scenes real tea from people making ginormous leaps to grow their business. And as a result, you're going to get the tools that you need to slay your own business goals. If you want to create a life of time and financial freedom, all while doing the things that you absolutely love, you're in the right place. Because we chat making impact and bank ground here. My name is Ganette Jones, your host and Freedom Slayer in charge here. Let's begin. Welcome or welcome back to the Freedom Slay podcast. Today's episode, we are speaking to someone who's on top of their game, right? And I mean that in every sense of the word. So we're speaking with Ms. Sonia Richards-Ross, who's not only an Olympic gold medalist, which means, of course, she was the best in the world at the time in track. So dope to me. But aside from that, she's also an amazing entrepreneur, wife, mom, author. She has so many things going on. And of course, many of you may know her through Real Housewives of Atlanta. She's now a cast member as of last October on that show. So she just got so many things going on. And in this episode, we dive into all that she's doing, her journey, and just some really great, I think you're going to get some great takeaways about how you can apply things that you're passionate about into your life to create a business around it and just listen, just dive in because it's just good. Okay. I have nothing else to say about this. I just need you to listen to her and love her as much as I do. Let's go. (laughs) Hello. Hello, Sonia. How are you? I am good. Thank you. How are you? Pretty good. I'm excited to chat with you today. Me too, Jeanette. This is going to be fun. Yeah, whenever I see someone doing so many things, I'm like, WTF, how are you doing? Right? That's one of the questions. So I know you're a woman with many accolades and someone who seemingly does everything really, really well. So I need to know, like, how did all of this happen? Like, what shaped you basically into who you are today? It's a really good question. I would say without a doubt, it has been the influence of my mom and dad. You know, I think growing up, my dad used to always tell me not to be one dimensional. And so as much as I was excelling in track and field and excelling in sports, my dad always challenged me to be great at other things. And at the time, I didn't realize how valuable that would be in my life because being an athlete, obviously you can't do it forever. Although many of us wish that we could. And so you're going to have to master the art of pivoting. You're going to have to transition. And so having the confidence to be able to do multiple things well, you know, has really served me throughout my life. So I credit my mom and dad for that, for sure. So dope. Like parents, I'm glad you mentioned that because so many people underestimate the power of strong parents in your life. You know, I love that you mentioned that. And I mean, let's talk about it then, because you're an Olympic athlete. Not too many people are an Olympic champion, actually. So not too many people can even say they attended the Olympics, let alone was in it, let alone won a gold medal. So like, I need to know, how does that feel to be like the greatest at something? Like, let me know, because right now I'm just wondering. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you. It is very hard to put it into words what it means to set this big goal for your life and then actually achieve it and to have that measured standard of being the best, right? Because a lot of people say they're the best at something, but it's like, no, like on that day, I was the best in the world. And it's very special. I think it's, like I said, it's hard to describe it. It is 
was by far one of the most gratifying feats of my life to cross the finish line first. But I think what it did for me, though, was it just like, I, and I mentioned this before a little bit, too, it just gave me this confidence that I can do anything I put my mind to. You know, it's like I set this goal. I worked my butt off. I went through and endured the highs and the lows. And I did it, which means I know I can tackle motherhood, entrepreneurship, anything I want to do. I know I can do it if I put my mind to it. Mm-hmm. And I was going to ask, too, because I know some people go on that high and then like because they reached the peak, they're like, man, what else is there for me to do? But you obviously have so many other things that you're working on. And you then, after that, you pivoted and you are on camera analyst, right? Sports analyst. Was that a smooth transition? Like, (laughs) what did that process look like? So I was very fortunate. So like I mentioned to you before, I had always been thinking about life after sports, right? So probably Mm -hmm. the last three years of my career, I was very intentional about starting to think about myself as more than an athlete. And what could I do? What transferable skills that I have that I knew I could use to tackle that next chapter of my life? And so I'll never forget when I was competing in my final race at the Olympic trials and Lewis Johnson, who is now one of my colleagues, he came up to me after for an interview and he said, you have you know, dominated track and field. What will you do next? And I said, well, I want to become a mom. I want to write a book and I want to get into television. I'd love to do broadcasting. And literally the next day, NBC called me and they were like, do you really want to do broadcast? And I was like, yeah. They're like, well, you know, things didn't go as you wanted to here. Would you like to, you know, commentate the Olympic trials? And I was like, absolutely. You know, and so I think there were two things I learned there. One was very important to speak the things that you want in your life and not be afraid of what people think. Just say what you want. And then go for it. Don't be afraid to fail. And so uh, for me, I think because I was already in that headspace of figuring out what was next and I had always taken my own interviews and stuff very seriously, I knew it was a part of my whole brand. I felt like I was kind of preparing myself for that you know, role as well. So it has been fairly smooth and I love being still connected to my sport in that way. Mm-hmm. And it is relative, like you said, relatively smooth, especially when you are thinking about it in advance, because I know so many people, like you mentioned at the beginning, it's something you don't necessarily want to think about. So yeah. they do ignore it, right? Right yeah. up until the time and the fact that you've already thought about it. And then that, and I feel like when we think about things, we align opportunities for ourselves anyway, yes. right? So yep, it just all came. And I remember watching him, well, watching you both run, but I probably saw that interview. Like I, I used yeah. to be upset. Obsessed yeah. with track. Obsessed. Oh, it's one of those things I just love to watch and can never do. I have no hand-eye coordination. I have zero speed, <laughs> but I love I all things about that. it. Oh, trust me. <laughs> trust me. Zero. Zero here. But I love that. And I also want to get into, because you have Mommy Nation happening too. Like it's so many things happening that you're working on. So for yes. listeners, can you explain what Mommy Nation is and yes. how that came about? Absolutely. So when I became a mom, I actually wanted to be a mom at that time in my life more than anything. My husband and I had been together for 12, 13 years, we're college sweethearts and really wanted to start a family. And I felt like I was prepared in every way. I'll never forget the first couple of months of motherhood, how challenging it was for me. I felt like I had read all the books and my mom is a mom. My sister had just become a mom. And I was like, wow, there's so many things about motherhood that I wasn't prepared for and I didn't know. And simultaneously, it was right before the time where there was this like social uprising, you know, the George Floyd situation, all these things happening in the world. 
And I thought to myself, man, it's hard being a mom, but it's particularly hard being a Black mother in America. And so I wanted to start this community specifically for Black moms because I knew that when I was successful on the track, it was because I was in community. I had people around me who loved me, who poured into me, who supported me, who were like-minded. And so, you know, I thought to myself, man, if I'm a, you know, I have resources, I got a husband and I'm struggling in motherhood, I can only imagine all the women out there who might be doing it with limited resources and without a partner, like how hard that might be for them. So we started as a blog where I just had 25 moms writing their stories because I know when you feel seen and heard, when you feel connected, that encourages and inspires you. So it started as a blog and it has just transformed into so much more. We have a vibrant Instagram and social media community over 130,000 strong. We have over a million views or we're nearing a million views on our blog. We have done incredible events. We do challenges online. It's just, it's blown my mind. And it, it is the thing that is my passion project I'm, I most love doing and really want to continue to grow and hopefully reach a million moms all around the world. I love that. And I love the transparency where you're like, listen, I killed it on the track, but I'm kind of struggling in this area, right? Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. what, did, what did you find were those tough things then you were struggling with when it came to motherhood? We'll be back after a quick break. Money is all around us, and we think about it more than almost every other aspect of our lives. But how can we make more of it? And what's our drive for building wealth beyond just the numbers in our bank account? Join us on the Make More podcast as our host, Matt Heslin, brings to you a dynamic lineup of experts in the world of investing, business, health, and beyond. Together, they unpack the secrets to not just surviving, but thriving in today's economy. It's about more than just wealth. It's about crafting life experiences, seizing opportunities, and building a legacy. Subscribe now to the Make More with Matt Heslin podcast and join us every week for new expert insights and inspiration. Yeah. So I think, you know, there were a lot of things that I struggled with in, with motherhood. One of the things was actually in my relationship. Ross and I had been two for, like I said, 14 years and now being three, it challenged my relationship. Our communication wasn't as good as it had been in the past. And that was really difficult for me to deal with. I think the pressure of knowing that Every decision you make affects somebody else's life and you are, you know, solely responsible for this person's life, especially when you come off of being an athlete, which I think is the most selfish job you can have. Everybody's always waiting on you and catering to you to now the focus is solely on you doing that for somebody else. Um, my son in the early stages had, was very sickly. Like he had a lot of, what's that thing called again? Like the gas, it, it, there's something that oh, they have. A colic. Colic. My son was very mm. colicky in the beginning. So my daughter like, too, initially. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Like, am I, what am I doing wrong? I nursed for over two years. I had this strain of like wanting to be home, but also wanting to be in the workforce because I love working. And it's like, I had tremendous mommy guilt whenever I would leave the house. And so it was just a lot of things mm-hmm. um, that felt overwhelming to me at times because I really want to be a great mom. I wanted to make all the right decisions and be there for my son. And it's like, you're constantly weighing like, you know, because there's always a pro pros and cons to every choice you make. So there were a lot of things that I was dealing with in the early stages of motherhood. And it was nice to find a tribe that understands where you don't have to say, I love my son. You don't have to say that part first. <laughs> that part is understood. You love the Remove case. the disclaimer and start with the rent. Exactly, Go ahead. <laughs> exactly. Remove the disclaimer and start with where you're struggling. And that's yeah. what the community provided for me and so many other women. 
I love that. And the reason is because there wasn't anything that existed like this before it, right? I mean, Parent Magazine has their blog and all these other places, but there aren't many people that look like us writing those blogs. There aren't many people like us prior to 2020, especially even in their Instagram posts. So they're sprinkling us in now, but I can see how that was super beneficial for those mothers that joined up until that point. Yeah, oh, I know it's life changing. It was certainly life changing. And like you said, there were definitely resources out there, but very limited and not specific to the Black mom experience. So very mm-hmm. proud to provide that for Black women. Yeah. And I mean, it does look different. So I love, yeah. I really do love that. And so you're helping moms out, but then you also have your books. So what does the yeah. author journey look like for you? Because that's yeah. also helping people too, learning through your story. Yes. So writing my books, it was actually an incredible journey. And I think because it came at the perfect time. So I actually started writing. I actually had planned to just write one book, ended up getting a three book deal and writing three books. Wouldn't recommend writing three books at the same time, (laughs) but it was really cool because I was literally just closing the chapter on my track and field days. And to be able to really reflect on that time in my life, I was good about journaling throughout my whole career. So I was oh, able to perfect. go back yeah, and look because I don't have the best memory <laughs> when it comes to a lot of things in my life. So it was beautiful because I got to put that all on paper. I got to share my experiences. The main book, which was my adult book, was titled or is titled Chasing Grace. And it's funny because when I was on the process of writing my book, I had another name to start. And I remember... You know, I was writing with a woman who was helping me to write the book. And, you know, she kept telling me, you most likely will land on the title at the end, you know, because after you reflect on everything, you'll something will stay with you. And, you know, what stayed with me was throughout my journey, I was always chasing medals or chasing records or chasing something. But the thing that I was most grateful that I ran into on my journey was God's grace. And so that's where the title of the book came from. And the thread of the book is that. We're lucky to all be chasing these things, but we're luckiest if we run into God's grace in the process. So, you know, it was really good. And I get a lot of good feedback on the book. And it's something I hope to do again, to write again in the future. But that was the perfect time for that first book. And how long did that whole process take? Because usually like writing a book and even, well, I'm sure you skipped the part where it's like pitching and figuring out who your agent's going to be and all of that. But like even the writing part right up until when they published it, like what did that length of time look like? It's a good question. What I do remember is that it took us about nine months to a year to finish writing the book. Mm. Um, I can't remember from like when, you know, we got the deal to when it actually hit on stands. I remember it was like June 6th was the day that it was on stands. But I want to say it was probably like a year, year and a half process from beginning to like hitting shows. But like I said, my memory is not the best. (laughs) No, and that's fast track, the look of that. And like, no pun intended, but totally. I'm I'm so good at this. I should be a rapper. But like, seriously, it was fast track because most people spend that amount of time just trying to query an agent, right? And then once they get their agent, it's trying to get a book deal. So it's like, it's amazing to see, even for those listening who may want to write a book, right? Understand that it's never an overnight process, even for someone who does have the grace right there, right? And they got the fast track. It still took a year and a half to get that on the shelf. So give yourself some grace for those of you listening to, you know, take your time to get where you need to go because it all takes time. It takes time, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Jeez, you're doing everything. So it's almost a year now since you graced our screens, everybody's screen and with the Real Housewives of Atlanta. Like what inspired that decision? 
Oh man, like, you know, if you'd have asked me two years ago, I may have had a different answer, but it's so funny because I am the person that says yes to life. And I am very prayerful about all the things that I do. And I I truly believe that the things that come to me are things that are meant for me. And I remember when I first got the call to join the cast, I was like, okay, well, let me, you know, let me digest this. Let me think about it. And I remember talking to the people who matter most in my life, of course, my husband, my mom, my dad, my sister, and some of my closest friends. And my husband was a little bit skeptical about joining the cast, mainly because, you know, we hear a lot about like their marriage curse, where a lot of marriages don't survive our reality. Mm. So he was concerned about that. But once we got past that, where I thought, you know, listen, our foundation is so strong in our marriage, you know, that especially already having some reality TV experience and then going into this one, I felt that a lot of times reality TV just puts a spotlight on the issues that you have in your marriage. Mm -hmm. And um, not so much that reality TV is, you know, creating the relationship. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. it's, It's more that these, some of these couples go on to this platform when they have major issues and it's just Mm -hmm. really hard to endure with the world's glaze or gaze. So, you know, once we got past that and we felt really solid in our marriage and where we were in our relationship, then it was for me to decide where does this fit in my brand? All the things that I want to do. And ultimately I thought it was an awesome opportunity to be exposed to a new audience. Mm -hmm. Obviously I'm very passionate about Mommy Nation and I felt Mm -hmm. and know that a huge part of the Real Housewives of Atlanta's fan base are Black women and Black mothers. And so to be able to expose them to what I was doing there also felt like a great opportunity. And so it's been fun. I mean, it's definitely tricky. It's not as straightforward as track and field was. (laughs) And I have learned a lot in the first season, but the pros far outweigh the cons. And I'm really excited that I did choose to do it. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad you mentioned that piece about thinking about where it fits in your brand, right? Taking a holistic view of that because they get tons of viewership. So would you say that it has aided the brand and, you know, helped grow the blog itself? Oh, absolutely. There's no doubt about it. I mean, I literally had asked about Mommy Nation. I went on to look because the growth that we've been having the last probably 10 to 12 days has been exponential. We went from about 45,000 followers we're at 132,000 followers. We've been putting out great content. We've been getting a lot of viral content that I think has helped. But I also feel that people have heard the name before, or there's been some other point of reference as to why mm-hmm. they are clicking the follow button. So I know a huge part of why Mommy Nation is growing. We see it in our sales with our hoodies. Everything has been growing is a, largely in part because of the increased visibility mm-hmm. um, due to Mommy Nation. And then personally as well, I mean, my social media numbers, I don't remember. I think I would probably be around 350, 360. I'm almost at 430. So mm-hmm. just that marker alone, outside of additional opportunities that have come, has really been great. And I, like I said, I really appreciate the opportunity to be on the platform. Mm-hmm. Like that's such, well, that's such a great benefit for you growing your brand in that way. And what does the other side look like? Like I'm just yeah. thinking, like our cameras following you all day, 24 oh, seven, yeah. like right up, really. Like, no, you have to I say, was, I'm going to not, stay not, out. Not, I was going to say when you, I was just agreeing with you. The other side is a little bit intense. We film for five months, five days a week. And the thing about it is, it's, it is really funny. The cameras eventually, you, you forget them. And it's a good and a bad thing <laughs> because you're like, oh my gosh, like that moment was captured. But it is definitely them trying to get as much of your real life as possible. Mm -hmm. And I think that's another thing about this show that I don't know what 
people, the casual viewer thinks. And I don't even know what I thought. I don't know how much thought I put into myself, but it is real raw. Like there's no script. They're not coming here and asking you to do anything. Like they literally come into your lives. They follow the stories and whatever happens, happens. And I thought there was a little bit more guidance, a little bit more, but there isn't. And so (laughs) they take that time to really try to get into our lives and capture the real and, you know, put it out there for the audience. So it is pretty intense sometimes because it's like, I'm like, oh, not again today. <laughs> like they're gonna Get be out here. my face. I have a pimple today. Like leave exactly. me alone. Catch the other side of me or something <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. my goodness. I don't know how you do that, but I mean, all power to you because that's Thank a you. lot, right? It's a lot. It is a lot. <laughs> and did someone like approach you about that previously or is it some, just yeah. an opportunity you've met through or seen through friends? No, no. So the cool thing about the Real Housewives of Atlanta and why I think it's an honor to be a part of the platform is that they reach out to you. You know, you don't audition. Mm-hmm. There's no, you know, process. It's they're the ones that are looking out into the community, trying to figure out who are the women that they think are relatable who are, you know, have a certain level of influence, lifestyle, whatever. That are making the moves. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And ironically, when they reached out to me, I wasn't even fully living in Atlanta. I was here, still had my home in Austin, was living in a townhouse here working with Will Packer. And that show had just gotten canceled. I think it got canceled in the process. I don't think it was canceled prior to the call. I can't remember the timeline, but so I didn't even have a home here yet. I was still Mm -hmm. planning to maybe possibly go back to Austin. So, you know, I thought it was really cool that my name, was being called and the producers have their like, ear to the ground. They're like, yes, yes. And I hear she, I hear she's in Atlanta and exactly. make a permanent thing. Get her. <laughs> Get her. Exactly. <laughs> I was really impressed that they even knew I was here. So it was really pretty cool. And how's your husband dealing with it all? Is he fine now with it? Yes, yes. Yeah. He has been pleasantly surprised. The one yes. thing my husband never wanted was to be forced to do anything he doesn't want to do. Like he's very much like easygoing, laid back. And so, yeah, the process for the most part was all that. He enjoyed it as well. And yeah, definitely got into it, especially like he'd be waiting to watch the show before me. He'd be like, it's like kind of like, okay, I love that you're like into it now. (laughs) That is hilarious. And I know you guys do like an iFit class together as well, don't you? Yes. Yeah. So iFit is one of my great partners. So Nike, I've been with now going on almost 20 years. Um, Oh my goodness. Yeah, it's been amazing. They don't usually keep their athletes on post-career. And so it's a pretty big deal to still be working with them in the capacity I am now. So between Nike and iFit, they're kind of my two big partners that I just have been doing some great projects with. And I actually just came back from Ireland. Like you'll notice my nails say run Ireland. Um, (laughs) I just came back from Ireland doing my third iFit series with them. And what's really cool about what they do is Obviously, you know, you're on the treadmill, you're on the bike and you're working out, but they actually take us, the trainers, to beautiful places all over the world. And while you're running, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm talking to you, I'm telling you all about the places, I'm sharing some of my experiences, hopefully encouraging you on the workout. I think it's a very unique way mm-hmm. to get people moving, to get them out of their heads and just, you know, kind of just doing the workouts without feeling their bodies. It's just awesome. Like, I really appreciate those partnerships and love working with those two brands. Mm-hmm. And your husband's along with you on that as well. Like, would you say that the two of you, like, he's just such a huge supporter for like your whole business and brand. It seems like oh, yeah. there for it all. Absolutely. You yeah. know, and I think that that is due to the fact that, you know, we've been doing this all together from the, I met my husband when I was 18. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> it was like, this was all a dream. 
And you know, I used we, to read we, Word Up magazine. I can't hear that word without any without thinking that. <laughs> yes, I get it. And so, you know, I think it's very easy for us to work together because we've always done that. Like when he was in the NFL, I was his number one cheerleader. I was always there. And I understood what it was like to suffer an injury or the disappointment of, of a loss. And so it's like we're just in lockstep, like, you know, everything that we do, we communicate very well where we have the same vision and goals for our family. So it's easy for us to do life together. And I'm very, very fortunate, especially now, like with my son, that I can make all these moves and his dad, like his favorite part of life is being a father because he didn't Mm -hmm. have his dad in his life. So he loves being with my son every single day and really wants to raise him up to be a great man. So I'm really blessed. I love that. I love hearing stories like that because so often we hear all the other stories. I'm like, no, give me the good ones. I want to hear all all, all the good ones. I absolutely love it. Okay. So I know you're sponsored by Nike. Does that mean like you have to only wear Nike? Like if you're out and about, like, can you be at your home? Oh, right. Yeah. See, I didn't even see it because how you were sitting. You hear this (laughs) Okay. Now I'm jealous because I need some Nike gear, but it's like, do they allow you? Let's say you were like filming and doing something and the event yeah. you were at had Adidas sports bottles. Like, would you be able to pick it up or you're like, okay, in your mind, you know, after 20 years, nope, I'm going this way. <laughs> yeah, no. So obviously when you have a partnership that is exclusive in mm-hmm. the sporting space. So no, I don't do Adidas events and I would never be pictured or anything with an Adidas, you know, mm-hmm. paraphernalia or any of their products. And, you know, I wouldn't want to be like the support I've received from Nike. It's unmatched. And I also have a lot of respect for what the company has been doing in the communities. Like Mm. even Mommy Nation, we launched our nonprofit, our social responsibility arm of our company in probably about three or four months ago. And they were the first ones to jump on board to give me some money for the organization. And, you know, they're very intentional and they're very very, very, very focused on supporting our communities. They made this huge commitment, $100 million commitment to Black communities and to minority communities over the next 10 years. And they're really using those funds to support us. So I love the brand. I love what they're doing. And I'm proud to be a Nike brand ambassador. And that's why you've been there for 20 years with them. They're like, listen, we're not letting her go. She, she loves us <laughs> and we love her back. <laughs> yes, yes. that I feel that. Thank you. And even talk about Nike. I know you were in New York for New yeah. York Fashion Week. Yeah. So that's exciting. And, you know, at all the fun shows. So do you have like a future in fashion? Is there some, Are you into fashion? Like, what's this going to look like? Yes. Well, I've always loved fashion. You know, it's funny when I was growing up, my grandmother, you would think that when she was going to the grocery store, she was going to have lunch with the Obamas. I was like, Grandma, why are we so jazzy? Like, what? <laughs> And so I think that for me, and even with in track and field and stuff, it was always important to me to embrace being feminine and feeling beautiful and embracing fashion because there is an alarming stat that most young girls fall out of sports between the ages of 11 and 14 at, I mean, exponentially higher rates than boys. And I think a large part of that is because young girls are finding their femininity, learning about themselves, and they don't make the connection with sports and that woman that they're becoming. And so I think it's very important. I was always intentional about like wearing the lashes and putting, you know, doing my hair and that stuff so that beautiful young women could also see themselves represented in sports. And when I say beautiful, also from the inside out, like, you know, the external is just an expression of who we are in, you know, on the inside. And so I've always loved fashion. Uh, Being a part of Fashion Week completely excites me. Like I was like, this is it. Like, I love it. Got to meet some great designers when I was there. 
And so, yeah, you know, I do hope that I can do more in the fashion space. Obviously, being on a show like Housewives puts it in front of a lot of people. Mm. We're always going to cool events. So we'll kind of see where it goes. But it was a lot of fun to be there again. Yes, you may be getting a call soon where they're like, okay, well, I heard on a podcast you're kind of interested. Exactly. You got to put it out there. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want to do a partnership? No, I love that. Yes, what does the future look like for you then? Because yeah. I mean, I feel like you've done everything, right? Wow. Like you've done it all. So like, where do you see yourself in five or 10 years from now? Yeah, you know, that's a really good question. I'm still not in my dream job uh, post track and field. My dream job would be hosting like Good Morning America or The View or doing something like that. So I love that. Job. Yep. Um, And so I'm really working towards that. I really want to be, you know, taken seriously as a journalist. So I'm continuing to grow with NBC and looking for more opportunities outside of sports to do that. I hosted a great show with Will Packer that I loved. And I'm hoping to, you know, start doing more hosting and those types of things. So hopefully doing more of that. I want to see Mommy Nation reach the goal of serving over a million moms, all Black moms all over the world, hiring over 100 Black moms and really supporting Black mothers in a way that no other organization is currently doing. And then, you know, possibly growing my family. My husband and I are officially trying for a second one. So yeah, so sending you baby dust and congratulations already because I know it's going to happen. Yes, we're, we are optimistic about it. It hasn't happened yet and we've been trying. So I'm like, last time it was like overnight. <laughs> But it's funny. I'm getting a little bit older now. And so hopefully we can do it naturally. And, you know, that happens. But yeah, I just want to continue thriving in, you know, my marriage and as a mother, showing the world all of the great things that God has placed in me as an entrepreneur. And then, you know, like I, I want to retire early and go on to like, you know, be a great mom and go to football games and soccer games and all that <laughs> fun stuff. Like that's my dream. <laughs> uh huh. I love that. I love the vision of it all. And I know it's going to happen because look what you've allowed and it may it happen up until this point, you know, it's, Thank you. Thanks, it's nothing but time. So it's going to come for you for sure. Thank you for all of this. I'm so excited for it all. And Thank just you. what it's going to provide for those who are listening, the inspiration, the ability to understand that they can, you know, touch a multifacets of, that are part of their personality yes. and really sore doing them. Right. So yeah. I love that you hear the message of strong unionship between you and your husband, strong partnership between you and Nike, you know, strong community with mommy nation. Like it's everything feels strong. That might be the name of your next book. Strong. Ah, Yes. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) There's one question I love to ask at the end of every single freedom slave podcast. And that is what does freedom mean to you? Oh, that's a really powerful question. Wow. I've never actually thought of that before. I love being interviewed and asking and being asked a question I've never thought of. And so thank you for that. I think I love that opportunity. And I think freedom for me is, it, it looks different now being a mother than it probably did before. But I think freedom for me is being able to provide every opportunity for my son to be greater than I was and, and his father was and allowing him to exist in a world where, you know, all of the things that he wants to do, all the goals that he has for his life is possible. Um, And I want that for all children, right? So I think freedom for me is continuing to knock down barriers, to live my life boldly and out loud, giving the next generation permission to do the same. 
for someone not expecting the question, never thought of it. That was the most eloquent answer ever. <laughs> so thank you. thank you so much for that and for your time. This was such okay. a great episode and I appreciate Yay. you. No, this was great. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Didn't I tell you she's amazing? Loved her, love everything that she shared. And the passion behind it all is like a leading force that you hear, the faith, the passion, and the strength behind what it is, everything that she sets her mind out to do. And I hope that through listening to this, you feel inspired to go out and do the thing, whatever that thing is for you, because Sonia's out here doing it all and doing it well. So I hope you are inspired. If you love this episode as much as I did, make sure you take a screenshot and tag me over on Instagram and tag Sonia as well. I'm over at Gainete at G-A-Y-N-E-T-E. And you can find Sonia at Sonia Rich. Richie Ross. So S-A-N-Y-A-R-I-C-H-I Ross. So it's like Richard, but she's cut it and put an I at the end. So Sonia Richie Ross is her Instagram handle and make sure you tag us and let us know you enjoyed this episode. We'll chat next time. Bye-bye. Okay. Okay. I see you, Freedom Slayer. You stayed through to the end, which tells me that you likely enjoyed this episode. Listen, if you haven't already, do your sister a favor by heading on over to the iTunes store to leave a review for the podcast. It'll help others like you find a benefit from it. And look, it also helps with the rankings. Hashtag transparent AF. I appreciate you.